0: is the Heartland Daily Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Heartland Seuss Daily Podcast. I'm Sterling Burnett, Director of the Arthur B. Robinson Center on Climate and Environmental Policy and Managing Editor of Environment and Climate News. Climate Depot has long been one of my go-to sites for informative, often entertaining climate news on the shenanigans and false claims made by climate alarmists and global elites pushing supposed solutions to climate change as a cover for socialist policies. Climate Depot is a project of my friend at the uh, Committee for Constructive Tomorrow, and it's helmed by Mark Moreno, an award-winning journalist, gadfly, and nut muckracker. In the most honorable sense of the term, as is usual practice, some crazy claims are being made in the realm of alarmist climate science and foolish policies implemented in various states and countries are coming home to roost and it's not good. That's what Mark's here to discuss today. Mark, thanks for being with us again to discuss false climate science claims and harmful policies they've spawned.
1: Thank you so much, Sterling. I'm happy to be here. I love Heartland and... Uh, I just think that we are at a, we are at peak insanity at the moment. And I think you would agree 2022 where everything's just sort of coming to a head. Uh, the energy policies come home to roost and thank you for having me on today.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I hate to use a term, uh, that Fauci used to use, but we, we, it's time to flatten the curve and maybe even <laughs> reverse it. Right. Um, so, since you've been on multiple times, rather than rehash your history, I'll recommend our listeners go to Climate Depot itself to learn all about you, your history, and the project. Before we get into policy, what are some of the crazy scientific claims you've discovered, you've covered on Climate Depot recently? I know I saw something about Greenland's ice melting, uh, something I wrote about recently. And um, but what was your take, and what other exposed, uh, you know, sort of false or alarming claims have you exposed?
1: Well, for first off, the, uh, the Greenland ice claim is just literally the same rehash over and over about c- catastrophic sea level rise. I did an analysis many years ago. I think it was like 2014 with Antarctica and Greenland going back to the year 1901. The mainstream media has hyped, if they melt, XYZ will happen, and that is one of the most oldest tricks of alarmism to give all these you know what if scenarios of what could might may happen i mean no one would take a family vacation if someone said your car could cross the center line you could be crushed by a tractor so this may <laughs> happen this could happen so they, they come up with this all the time and i believe the greenland one you're referring to might even have to do with a volcano or maybe that was the antarctic one but there's one you know the media this this week has been in overdrive with all of those claims and of course on the uh, when even, even, even on COVID claims now, there's all sorts of you know, wackiness. But I think that the biggest claims to come out of this week, the most frightening thing I saw, and it's in the world of energy, was Energy Secretary Granholm, Biden's Energy Secretary, literally holding up California as the model for energy <laughs> policy.
0: That they is said we
1: should all be following California that, as they're about to plunge themselves into blackouts.
0: Yeah, that is frightening. I mean, California doesn't even want to follow California right now. Gavin Newsom's issued emergency orders uh waiving environmental rules to keep the power on. <laughs> yes, uh, you know, a day after they passed a law saying we gotta phase out electric vehicles, uh issued an order saying don't charge your electric vehicles. <laughs> And that's the example they want us to follow? That's madness.
1: That is absolutely the example. And what's interesting, too, on that same thing, this is just the wacky world of climate and energy. He announces, and keep in mind, it's not a vote of anyone. No one voted to have their gas-powered cars taken away. But Gavin Newsom does an executive order, and then the California Air Resources Board follows up with a, uh, a just a, a bureaucratic thing announcing that the gas-powered cars are going to end in 2035. Well, more than a dozen states follow suit, including my home state of Virginia. And then the next day, California tells you you can't charge your electric car during certain hours. And then a few days after that, as you mentioned, they're facing you know rolling blackouts and they're getting emergency text alerts talking about energy emergencies. Now this is on the heels of what happened this past week or last week, I guess. Now. In Colorado, where people who signed up for this smart meter program without reading the small print, you should always read the small print, went to turn their air conditioning thermostats to something reasonable, and they were hit with emergency alerts, uh, energy alerts, smart meter and on their phones. Yeah. The same thing's happening in Europe. This is no longer a dystopian you know, fear of what could happen. We're living through it right now.
0: Yeah, no, I can't believe that Home the very week that California is going through all this, is, is holding them up as the example. You know, the funny thing is, so I've been following California for a long time, honestly, longer than I'd like to. Uh, but for years, for decades, not years, decades, California has fought to close every nuclear plant in California. And they closed one, the second to last one in 2011. PG&E finally caved in to pressure and agreed to close their uh, Diablo Canyon plant prematurely in 2024, 2025. Uh, but in this emergency, suddenly Newsom and the Democrats, who have pushed for years to get these things closed discovered the virtues of nuclear power and have passed a bill or passing a law... This isn't a a regulation. This is a law that they're passing that will keep the plant open and fund it with public funds. It didn't need public funds before, but it sure does now because PG&E has planned on closing it and and slated other power to come online. They... The chickens are coming home to roost. They're really, really ugly chickens. And... uh, (laughs) And uh, these guys... What they offer is temporary, short-term solution, In Europe they're saying, "Oh, what we got to do is ration." They, they're literally saying, "We are going to, we have to pass national laws. National governments have to impose restrictions on energy use with penalties and fines, uh, possibly even imprisonment if you break, if you if you use energy uh, improperly." And uh, <laughs> this uh, is, is coming to the United States, and that's what Grandholm and them want because you know, let's be honest, you and I both know this is not about changing the weather or controlling the climate because we can't do that. It's about controlling people and how they live.
1: Yes, it is. Now, you know, I, the, you talk, people talk about the Great Reset. And by the way, I have a new book out called The Great Reset uh, this week. But the, here's the thing. Based on the climate agenda, they've collapsed our energy system They're, with man-made folly of insane programs. They're now working on collapsing our food system by going after high-yield agriculture, claiming that uh, nitrogen fertilizers create the nitrous oxide, which is a dangerous warming agent and, and dangerously overheating the earth. So they're going after Netherlands farmers. They're going after Canadian farmers. They're going after other European farmers, Australian farmers. So they're collapsed energy, food, and now with California wanting to essentially ban gas-powered cars by 2035 and all the other states' trigger laws and the Biden administration. And you got the World Bank saying – uh, Nicholas Stern, the former president, saying we need to stop funding it. So at the automaker level, they're not going to have funding. You have an Australian bank saying they're not going to give out loan, car loans if you buy a gas-powered car. They're collapsing energy. Cars, I mean the transportation, and they're also and and agriculture. So, you have the three things there. That's big. And then the other thing they're doing, of course, is they're collapsing our First Amendment rights by outsourcing uh, a um, censorship to big tech, which is all part of it. We know, and I always say, people always say, I can't believe you know, COVID scientists are silent. This and that. We saw this in the climate debate. Decades ago, everything we see happen in terms of the COVID, if you oppose COVID lockdowns or mandates, you get silenced, censored, deplatformed, canceled. We saw all that same thing with that. So this week has just been more of that insanity uh, going forward. You asked me the wackiest story. Animal Rebellion this week claimed cow's milk is racist because people of color are more lactose intolerant than whites. I don't even know how to explain that one, but that was actually what the Animal Rebellion Group was claiming. Now, milk is racist. Uh,
0: I guess the cows need to get woke. I I don't know how how to answer that. Uh, You know, let's let's hit a few of the things that you said real briefly, and then tell us a little bit about your book. Uh, But before we do, let me just follow up on some things you said. So on the agriculture front, Sri Lanka's government fell over this crap. The, you know, the yeah. the houses of the president, I believe the prime minister, both were burned to the ground by people who uh, uh, saw their crop production decline by half in the single year after they got rid of nitrogen fertilizer because uh, we've got to grow things organically here in Sri Lanka. And that's not enough to feed the people there uh, in uh, in California. They are they've passed a, a, a slate of laws that put more people onto the electric grid that's already failing with the current number of people and technologies. They want to get rid of uh, gasoline-powered lawn equipment and leaf blowers. They want to uh, stop natural gas hookups to homes. And yet the electricity grid currently is failing. How is it going to handle all that? And then, you know, uh, well, Europe is just uh, such a, a crazy basket case on this. It, it, one wonders what to say. I mean, you know, uh, how is how is Germany responding? Well, rationing and coal. They're bringing back coal that they shut rationing down two coal. decades ago.
1: And even after they shut down nuclear. Gathering. Good.
0: Uh, well, after they shut down, let's talk about the nuclear there. They had nuclear. Uh, and so something happens in Japan, <laughs> Fukushima. Uh, Japan is an island. It's often hit by earthquakes. It's often hit by uh, tsunamis and uh, tidal waves pretty regularly. None of those things occur in Germany. Uh, the power plants in Germany aren't like the ones that were on the coast in Fukushima. They're, they're very different. Uh, and yet, in response to a crazy thing that happened more than halfway across the world in Japan, uh, they want to phase out their nuclear, and so now they're left uh, bereft of power during the coming winter.
1: Yeah, this is really it's self-inflicted. This is intentional. Everything I mentioned, earlier about collapse of energy, collapse of agriculture, collapse of uh, transportation. This brings a smile to climate activists yeah. because ultimately they want this. The, the idea is the calamity, the chaos. This will put us on wartime footing to ramp up solar and wind and clean energy, and so they love this. They, they want. Yeah, how many UN summits have they promoted the idea of economic degrowth?
0: Uh, I've interviewed
1: people at the U.N. Clemson, planned recession. What better way to have a planned recession, well, than a COVID lockdown, but also massive energy shortages. They're telling, the governments in Europe are telling their businesses they're going to have to close or have severe restrictions on them because they're not going to have enough energy to stay open. The BBC is reporting that there's a physical lack of energy in Europe. Remember, Europe is just a little further ahead of the U.S. They're actually only slightly further ahead of California. California is almost at their level. But we now have a, this is what I find most bizarre, 200 years before, we're, we're, we're going back to primitivism this is like pre-industrial Europe as they face the winter they're terrified of it this is no longer like you know we're modern society we deal with winter this is like oh my god this is pre industrial we gotta you know there, there are people out there storing up on wood to burn clearing forests I've seen the videos and reports on it this is insane we've gone back pre-industrialized Europe uh, before the Industrial Revolution, before the you know fossil fuels saved them, and we're reverting back to that. And for what? Uh, uh, yeah, they, ostensibly it's because Russia, Russia, we have sanctions, and Russia's mm-hmm. retaliating. It's says war in Ukraine. We have to win. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it out loud right now. I am against you know, any support at this point for Ukraine, other than maybe humanitarian. I can't believe we're getting boggled down in another war like that. This may not be a part of heartless mission, but but to use this as an excuse for energy shortages, you go back to the Germans laughing at Donald Trump when he warned them about reliance on Russia. This yeah. is where this is where the rubber hits the road, and that's why I said everything's coming home to roost. No longer are these green policies. I use the example of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Two thousand five he's governor, right? He passed his two thousand six ARB, the big California climate bill. He's a climate hero, right? right. That's the kind of hero you want to be. It's kinda of like Obama won the Nobel Peace Prize when he was first elected. Before Schwarzenegger he done didn't do anything. Yeah, Schwarzenegger didn't actually do anything because all his policy impacts didn't hit till long after he was out of office. And those impacts are all hitting now and they're hitting hard. Post COVID uh, post-Russian invasion, post-Russian sanctions. So my hope is that the public wakes up. My hope is that we now realize that virtue signaling to green energy actually has consequences, and we're going to see what happens in Europe. You know, the new prime minister, although I don't have too much hope for her, she's now looking at reversing the fracking ban in England. That's a huge step in the right direction.
0: Uh, 27 years ago, a long time ago, uh, even before I knew you, Mark, uh, I was working on a dissertation, and um, in my dissertation, one of the yes. featured groups that I was analyzing was a group called Earth First. You don't hear much about them anymore, but they were pretty prominent yeah, at the that, time. Yeah. And their saying was, back to the Pleistocene. Earth First fell apart. Their hope is coming true. <laughs> back, <laughs> back to the Pleistocene. They won, and they're not even around to celebrate anymore. It's it's amazing. Um, so how are... <laughs> some states fighting back against the push for the Great Reset uh, and ESG scores and mandates. And uh, tell us about your book, how, how that plays into your book.
1: Well, first of all, Environment and Social Governance, I want to give a plug uh, for a group that just started, that did an incredible spoof video. It's called The Culture War Room, and it's on, um, I, I'm going to be posting it on Climate Depot, but it's called ESG Hurts, and it has a Texas oilman show up, in a uh, in a in a banking office and they sit down and the loan officer the texas oilman says i have a low esg score i can't get a loan he says, well, let's see if we can help you first of all my pronouns are and he spends time telling them all his pronouns <laughs> then he asks him how many women are in his company then he asked if he has any transgendered individuals if he ever considered identifying as well he goes on and on finally the texas oilman's like no i just have a bunch of drillers and we want to make money we want to help the energy supply and he's like, I'm sorry, you're rejected. Maybe you can t- consider these other factors and we'll reconsider the loan. Rejected. Mm-hmm. That's how EST is. It, it, they've taken the profit motive out of business, and unless you fall in with a woke agenda on every aspect, you're going to be rejected or you'll be restricted and pay higher interest rates. You know, CFACT has teamed up with Heartland as part of ALEC, yeah. and we're helping write this legislation to, to basically give the, the state level. The ability to fight back. And we're getting so much attention that the New York Times is doing hit pieces, uh, particularly on Heartland. Yep. So congratulations on that. Um, you know you know, you made a splash incredible.
0: when the New York Times so, attacks you.
1: Yes. Now, uh, just to give you an example, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on ESG, but Oklahoma, they've adopted legislation that will require the state to divest from any financial company that boycotts the fossil fuel industry. Yep. That is the model legislation that should be spreading around the country. In other words, instead of asking people and asking the public, do you support solar and wind? Do you want clean energy? Just say, hey, what do you think in order to prevent rolling blackouts, more reliance on China, underage kids in the Congo mining for cobalt for electric cars and all these other clean clean energy devices? Do you support more fossil fuels? I'd like to see the answer to that. If the questions are phrased correctly, I think you'd get a different answer. Mm-hmm. But ESG is the most one of the most insidious. The reason it's, it's evil genius, ESG, environmental and social governance, is because it's done at a wonkish, behind-the-scenes level of policy where the public doesn't know about it and no one pays attention other than obviously activists and business. And it's also hard to explain to the general public another advantage of it. Uh, People just don't understand what's happening. And I try to explain that the Green New Deal was introduced in Congress, but it was never scheduled for a vote, never had hearings, never had town halls, never had any kind of discussion. It was never needed because of ESG, Biden's executive orders, Biden making every cabinet agency a climate agency, including the Treasury Department, including the Securities and Exchange Commission, the, the financial disclosures. It is a brilliant plan because we are now like China. We don't actually get to vote on anything democratically. All the stuff I mentioned earlier, we never got to vote on energy shortages. We never got to vote on whether we wanted to give up gas-powered cars. We never got to vote on whether we wanted to stop eating meat. It's just being imposed upon us by our betters, our elders in the, uh, you know, in the deep state or the, you know, the administrative state, whatever phrase you want to use. But anyway, so let's hope enough states – Build these coalitions and fight back, and don't allow the companies like BlackRock and Larry Fink's company to do this as his, in his own words, where we like to be, you have to coerce people to follow your way. And my hope is that this can be successful and we can push back because beyond the, the, the executive order that Joe Biden did, I think it's ESG and the banking restrictions and funding restrictions have been the biggest thing that makes fossil fuel projects for the future you know verboten. and that what worries me is where we're going to be three five years down the road because the necessary infrastructure and projects aren't getting funded now and approved now for down the road so as bad as it is now it could get worse
0: yeah well mark uh it, it if 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 that if you didn't just cover some of the stuff in your book why don't you tell us in closing tell us some more about your book what what you hope to accomplish with it what the theme of it is
1: well, the book is titled, uh, I, always, I always have to look at the titles, but I forget, Great Reset, Global Elites in the Permanent Lockdown. And what this book is, I have about 90 pages of footnotes, It essentially goes with everything post-COVID, what happened with March 2020, the lockdowns, World Economic Forum in Davos, which is tied with the United Nations, EU, with a lot of other global institutions, World Health Organization, announced that now is a rare, narrow window of opportunity by which to reset the globe and build it back. In other words, collapse the current system through lockdowns and build it back in a more sustainable, earth-friendly, climate-friendly way. And once, Klaus Schwab, the head of that, in June 2020, made that announcement. Everything went bomb Everyone from Boris Johnson to Al Gore to John Kerry to Justin Trudeau to leaders around the world. were all talking Great Reset, Build Back Better, and, it just, and, and the chatter was unbelievable. Our own President Joe Biden. So I detail where the origins of this come from. I trace it back in the United States to 1913 with Woodrow Wilson's administrative state. I go through FDR. One of his kitchen cabinet advisors, Stuart Chase, Actually, proposed what looks eerily like the Green New Deal in 1932. He laid out a vision of nationalizing energy, nationalizing food production, censorship. I mean, it reads like a primitive version of the Green New Deal. Of oh, sorry, the Green New Deal and the Great Reset. But at the end of this, in 1932, Stuart Chase, a key advisor to Franklin Delano Roosevelt, has the chilling line that says, "Why should the Soviets have all the fun remaking the world?" <laughs> And so I've updated that in the book to why should China have all the fun remaking the world? Because that's what's happened. Our intellectual class is now following China. So, in other words, the COVID lockdowns and the Great Reset and the emergency orders in which they decried. Now, remember, we're still living under a COVID emergency. According to Associated Press, Joe Biden's about to declare a national climate emergency, and that will give him 130 executive powers. It will also give governors, mayors the same kind of powers. According to the International Energy Institute's version of energy lockdowns, we know exactly what they're going to do with that. More thermostat controls. This is, through, again, through executive orders. So I cover all this in the book. Thermostat controls, car-free cities, um, limits on flying. You, know, you can only fly in a climate emergency once every three years, it's a, or you need a, a morally uh, acceptable reason to fly. You can't just fly like, willy-nilly for a vacation. This is frightening stuff. This is what the Great Reset is. I go through the history of how COVID enabled it. I have two chapters on the COVID climate connection, how the activists at first were jealous, and then they were lusting after the same kind of control that, you know, if we can do this for a virus, lock down the world, we can lock it down for, for climate. And then I go through The Greatest Transfer of Wealth. I have a whole chapter on the politically left being red-pilled and and joining with conservatives, everyone from former Clinton-Gore advisor Naomi Wolf, who was shocked, shocked that Joe Biden would support Vax mandates and lockdowns. She said she never would have voted for him. To Hollywood socialist actor Russell Brand, who's become like the hero of freedom fighters everywhere. Who would have thought that a sex addict, drug addict Hollywood actor – Self-admitted on both those things would become the voice of freedom for those fighting the world economic forum and the Great Reset, uh, and others as well. Glenn Greenwald, uh, Jimmy Dore is now I think Russell Brand and Jimmy Dore, the former um, Young Turk progressive, have, are probably the two of the most eloquent spokesmen among the most eloquent spokesmen of talking against the Great Reset. So I have a whole chapter on the left, and then. I have a whole chapter, not to be all negative, on the Great Reject, how we fight this. And some of it was like we just said with ESG, but I use the analogy of the Berlin Wall. It didn't come down in 1989. On live TV, CNN, because the East German government said, you know, 40 years of Soviet oppression, that's enough. It came down because people no longer gave their consent to tyranny. And I use the same model in the United States. The Great Reset or the Great Reject uh, is coming about because people at the school board level, angry parents fighting the trans agenda, the critical race theory, the COVID theater of lockdowns and social distancing and mask and vax mandates, showed up were willing to get arrested. Angry parents were willing to be labeled by the Biden Justice Department uh, homegrown terrorists or domestic terrorists. They slipped an election in Virginia and, and toppled the Democratic Party dominance because pretty much of the COVID lockdowns and because of the parent rebellion. That, of course, spread. The Democratic Party took a close look, and they ended up dropping vax mandates and vax and mask mandates through cities across the country, all the major liberal-held cities, because of this parent rebellion, which caused a political sea change. So I end on a hopeful note, but the bottom line is we are living through the Great Reset. Food, energy, uh, transportation, freedom of speech— just like 1932, why should the Soviets have all the fun? Why should China have all the fun? We're, it's being imposed upon us now. We need more than ever, and I'm probably the hardest that could be on Republicans. When I think of leaders like Kevin McCarthy, Mitch McConnell, they are ill-prepared to fight any of this. They are actually part of the problem. We need to get our act together. People can't believe that a big midterm election, and Republicans won, we've solved all this. No, and if anything, we've uh, you know we've just buried the problem deeper because republicans don't get it the national leadership doesn't certain senators and congressmen do but anyway so that's how i end the book the book is a huge wide spread, spread, uh, breadth of information from how we followed china's lockdown like lemmings a whole chapter on chinese social credit score and the vax mandates a whole chapter on the history with fauci and bill gates funding uh the, the links uh, to, uh, you know, the World Health Organization and the, one of the most frightening things, Sterling, is the World Health Organization wants to have a pandemic treaty modeled after the, the IPCC process. But the difference is this would have real teeth and make the IPCC process look like, you know, play school because any country, and Biden's trying to get the US to sign on, any country that signs on, any Bill Gates funded scientist could declare a pandemic and we could be in a global lockdown, global internet shutoffs to prevent misinformation, global ban on travel, even within country. Uh, so I talked about how the Biden administration wanted to have a ban on interstate travel when, they were, when Biden was first elected. This is a kind of dystopian future. And remember, climate activists love all this stuff because every COVID lockdown style feature lowers emissions.
0: Well, it it lowers emissions and didn't affect temperature. There you go. Uh,
1: Exactly. The weather stays (laughs) the same regardless.
0: Mark, we've been pleased you could be with us today. I want to thank you on behalf of myself and our listeners before my dog goes
1: off. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. The book, again, is called The Great Reset, Global Elites and the Permanent Lockdown and Your Own Heartland People. I know Justin Haskins has his version of The Great Reset with Glenn Beck. But I actually quote Justin Haskins in the book several times. I have Glenn Beck featured in the book. So I see this book as a compliment to their book. I don't think it's in competition. And I have a different – I think I have a slightly different uh, uh, focus. I think I went more COVID-focused than than uh, the Glenn Beck and Justin Haskins book.
0: Well, we always like working with you and the people at CFACT and Climate Depot. So uh, no, no, no thoughts of competition on our side. Listeners, thanks for checking in on us today. Please check Heartland's website as we follow the work of Mark Morano and Climate Depot and the Committee for Constructive Tomorrow, and as we track the progress of energy and environmental laws that affect you. In addition, if you're not already receiving these podcasts daily on your favorite device, go to iTunes and subscribe. And when you have the time, please rate our podcast on iTunes so you can help us expand the reach of free market ideas. Thanks. Take care.